Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Our guest for today's episode is my dear friend and my small group leader, Jessica Fralin. Jessica's an author and a speaker, and today she's here to talk to us all about social media and our identities, how to do one without losing the other. I love having Jessica here to talk about this because this has been something we cannot stop talking about in my small group these days. The thing is, we're on social media to feel inspired and connected, but more often than not, those aren't the feelings we walk away with. All too often, we look up from our phones only to realize we've been on them for way longer than we realized, and we just feel empty. We don't feel inspired or connected. Instead, we feel things like FOMO, the fear of missing out, or like the things we want to do in the world are already being done and done better by somebody else. We feel like we're not good enough, not thin enough, not pretty enough, not popular enough, not successful enough, not fun enough, not well-dressed enough, and the list goes on. It's something my whole small group has been struggling with, and Jessica has had so much insight and wisdom into this. It's like she wrote the book on it, which, actually, she did. Jessica is the author of a book called Hashtag Stolen, which talks all about social media and identity. In our conversation today, she shares some game-changing biblical truths, as well as some really practical tricks that have been so helpful for us. I cannot wait to share this with you. But before we jump in, there's something I wanted to make sure to tell you about. So lately, I've been getting a lot of emails from my readers and my listeners who are looking to find and form deeper friendships. So many of them are looking around and just realizing that they're kind of lonely these days. They don't have people that are really their people, and they have no idea how to go about changing that. And my gosh, I can totally relate to that struggle. When Carl and I first moved here to Nashville, we moved here without knowing anybody, and I had to figure out all over again how to find and make new friends. I worked really hard at it, and I was able to meet some girls I really liked, but our friendships were still so surface level, so new. I was desperate to go deeper, to have these people feel like my people instead of feeling like a slightly awkward second date, but I had no idea how to make that happen. And then I had an idea. I wrote down a list of questions that I thought might help a group of women really get to know each other, and I invited the few women I did know over to my house. It took a ton of courage, but I was so glad I did it, and they were glad too. We sat around my kitchen table that night, a group of women who sort of knew me and barely knew each other, and we answered my list of questions. It took a few minutes for us to get comfortable, but before long those questions had us on our roll. We were telling stories and sharing about our lives and opening up and really getting to know each other. We laughed so hard we cried that night, and then we did cry as we spoke God's truth into tender areas of each other's lives. That night and those questions were the beginning of true community for me and for several of my girlfriends here in Nashville as well, and so I just knew I couldn't keep them to myself. I ended up turning those questions into a friendship small group guide, and it's my very favorite resource for really connecting as a community. My sweet reader Kara went through this guide recently with her small group, and this is what she had to say about it. She said, my group and I just finished your study, and we absolutely loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with. We were all friends of friends, but now we couldn't be closer. In the study, you asked questions that I would never think to ask, and talking through those things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends, and I am so grateful to this guide for making that happen. Seriously, best decision ever. You guys, I love that. 
I wanted to make sure to mention this small group guide this week because in this episode, Jessica and I talk all about how to start a new small group, and this is my very favorite resource for that. Whether you're looking to connect with old friends or go deeper with new friends or for the next study for your small group, either the one you lead or the one you're in, our lives are so much richer when we have best friends to share them with, and this guide is the perfect way to get there. Also, side note, it's great for women of all ages, and I love that too. Guys, if you want to check it out and see more of what it's all about, I would love to give you a sneak peek and send you the first chapter of the book for free. All you have to do is go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash first chapter free and pop in your information and I'll send it your way. Also, I'll make sure to include that link in the show notes so you can find it there too. Okay, with that said, are you guys ready? Let's jump into my conversation with Jess. Well, friends, I'm so excited for this week's Girls' Night because I'm sitting here with my sweet friend, Jessica Fraylin, um, and I love her, and I love, like, we're real-life friends, and I love you, and I love this topic, and I'm seriously so excited for all that we're going to be talking about. So before we jump, jump into anything, will you introduce yourself to us? Tell us who you are, what you do, and I gave you fair warning because I stump everybody <laughs> with this question. Someone asked me this question, and I was like, shoot, I have no idea what I would say. So tell me your fun fact as well. Okay. So hi, I'm really excited. <laughs> we are real life friends. We are real We're in small group together. We yes. see each other every week. Yes. I'm Jessica Fraylin. I'm an author and a writer doing some freelance work in Nashville here. And what else am I going to say? But my fun fact? Yeah. Give us okay. your fun fact. Well, before I was a writer, I was a reader. Started reading really early, like could not get out of books to the point where my parents grounded me from books when I got in trouble no. and made me watch movies like that. No. Was, yeah, truly. Oh. I had to call my mom to get a fun fact and cause it's hard to come up with one on your own. And I was like, mom, like, and she was like, well, remember how you used to just like sob and cry when we would not let you go to the library for a week? I was like, yes, yeah, I do. And that is a very interesting, <laughs> different fun fact. It's still true. Like the other day I didn't make it to the library before they closed. And I was very sad. That is so amazing. I haven't changed at all, but that's a fun fact. I'm so happy to know that about you. <laughs> um, I was a really big reader growing up too, and I think it's because the books I was reading were more fun than yes. they ended up being later in life. Yes. Um, it was before required reading. Yes, and it was so much fun, and when we would go on a vacation, I would have like a suitcase full Me of- Me too! Like Nancy Drew, Babysitter's Club, yes. like all of- I own the entire Nancy Drew collection. No, you don't. Yeah. I That's can't believe a, we've never talked about I this. can't believe we haven't talked about it either. <laughs> this is maybe an embarrassing fact about me now that I think about it. Um, my, maybe one of my largest influences on me when I was in like formative, like sassy preteen years yeah. um, was Sweet Valley High. Oh my god! Did you ever read those? No, but I know, I mean, I know a little bit about them, but I didn't read them. It's because your parents probably were like, we want our daughter to be a better person than this. They were <laughs> I don't so, know. I don't they know were all like boys and clothes and drama and whatever, but they were so fun. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember thinking Nancy Drew was like the most amazing. This was like before I even knew about feminism. And I was like, look what she's up to. Like, solving crimes by herself. Yeah, get what it, girl. Awesome lady. <laughs> she's the best. And Babysitter's Club? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, I did read those. That, like, that is, like, fostering an entrepreneurial spirit. Like, yes. right? I mean, they're killing it. 
I definitely wanted to. The other series that I remember reading a bunch is the Boxcar Children. <gasps> yes, I was hoping. Yes, and I don't remember why. I'm, I don't have a lesson about that. I just know that the Boxcar Children was my true love. I loved the Boxcar Children. Oh my gosh, we could talk about this. We could, but years. that's not. We're not here to give you elementary reading recommendations. Oh, but today. we could be because <laughs> that'll be our next podcast. That's together. so true. Um, so Jess, I just love you, and I'm so glad we're friends. And I actually wanted to. Just tell really quick, tell the story of how we became friends. Yes. Because it was a really big learning lesson for me. And I've actually told this story twice, uh, two other times I don't even on the podcast. I know this story. Well, I, it's I like, mean, I obviously know how we met. How we met but, well, okay. So um, on the podcast before, we've had our friend, our mutual friend, Caitlin. Yes. And love we've her. had our mutual friend, Janine. Yes. Um, and so the way that you and I met was it was Caitlin's birthday, and it was, oh, I think, like almost a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that day, Caitlin had invite, invited me to this birthday dinner, and I really wanted to go. I love Caitlin. Caitlin, shout out to you. We love you. Um, yes. But uh, we, so it was Caitlin's birthday, and that whole day, I was really excited about the dinner, but that whole day, I was feeling like I was on the verge of getting sick. And you know when you're like, and mm-hmm. it was cold, because it's her birthday's in the middle of December, and I was like, I seriously cannot get out of sweatpants. Like, yep. I want to stay home. I don't want to go. I can't even think about being social right now. And I said this thing to myself that I've said a lot and a lot of us say that actually is an enormous lie. And the thing I said is I said, she wouldn't even notice if I'm there. Mm. Like, there will be so many people there. She won't even notice. I'm not going to go. Like, thinking that just my presence doesn't matter and that it wouldn't hurt her or make her sad if I wasn't there. Um, Just kind of like, I think we just like devalue ourselves a little bit. Um, And I ended up like deciding to go kind of last minute. And I'm so glad I did because first of all, she totally would have noticed if I wasn't there. Like I sat next to her at dinner, you know, and it was so much fun. And we, you know, when I think about my birthdays in the past or parties I've thrown or something, I absolutely notice who comes and who doesn't. And yeah, it takes the friendship deeper with the people who like, when you show up for someone that your friendship goes deeper. Yes. And ours did that night, mine and Caitlin's. And, and I'm so glad that I like just got to be there for her because that's such a sweet thing we can do for each other is show up for each other to celebrate each other. So I love like, it. last yeah. minute I did that, but as like this cherry on top that I totally did not even think would happen, um, I met you and Janine that night at yes. dinner. Which I don't know if you know this, but we were also both sick. And we're like, I'm only going to go if you go, because we don't know anyone else going to this party. Okay, can you imagine? First of all... Like, <laughs> what if one of us had gone? That, like, that would be terrible, you guys. You're also, present. Caitlin, so sorry. I know. Well, listen. We, we all were, were there. Yeah, we, we were all... <laughs> and we were sick. But, you guys, like, I think that we... We need to show up for each other. Yeah. We need to show up. When someone invites us to something, it is a huge a huge thing for us to just show up for each other. And I'm so big about this and old school about this where I'm like, if you say you're going to be somewhere, you need to go, which my parents really instilled that in me me of being a person of your word and all that. But it frustrates me a lot of times when I feel like we, especially people our age are just like, I'll do this. Oh no, I won't. Oh, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. That hurts me when people do that to me. Oh, so I really try not to do that to other people. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not perfect at it. And someone listening to this podcast is like, uh, you did that two weeks ago. I know. But like, but I, yeah, I threw a birthday party for Carl. Like really, it was, um, not long before Caitlin's birthday. And I totally was hurt when people didn't come. And, and so I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't even my birthday. And, right. and I was still hurt. And so yes. it really matters that we show up for people. And I feel like it's, um, like that's like low hanging fruit in friendship. If yeah. someone invites you to something and you show up, that is, um, 
totally a step in the right direction with friendship and it's it's seriously low hanging fruit like you will yes. be better friends with that person your friendship will go deeper that's a really easy way to love them totally. and also you can meet really great people that you never would I know otherwise. like fun that. extra surprise yes and then Janine who's in Europe right now was on your podcast yes and I never would have met her if like I yes. love it and then that's so fun. you so that's that's kind of like the lesson that I learned where I almost did it totally wrong but I'm so glad so glad I went um but you recently started a small group that yes. you and I are in and so we see each other every week um and I just wanted to ask you because you this is um not a small group through a church or anything. You just yeah. decided you wanted to gather a bunch of women together, which I love. Um, and I know that a lot of the girls listening would love to do something like that. Like they yeah. really could use more day-to-day community, but it's hard and it's scary and you don't know who to invite or how to do it. Can you talk a little bit about like how you got over the intimidation of doing something like that yes. and how you decided what to study and how you decided who to invite? And like, there are just a lot of, we would love Tuesday night community, you know, but yeah, we just don't really... I don't know if there's some bound like hurdles that we have to get over to totally. Get so yes. yeah, can you talk? About okay, that? my brain just exploded when you said all those things because like I have so much to say about all every <laughs> single point. Oh man, how do we connect these? Ah. Okay, I'm gonna calm down and tell you about it. Um, <laughs> so I travel a lot for work with speaking and with writing. Some seasons I'm just gone a whole lot, and so I love my church and I love the small groups that they offer. But a lot of them run in seasons when it's just not convenient for me to be there. Mm -hmm. And so for a while, I honestly, like, I'll just tell the very real version. I was angry for like six months that nobody was throwing anything to accommodate me. I was just like, listen, I serve at this church and I do all this stuff and there's nothing. No one's really even making the effort. Everyone's like, oh, this is when the small groups are. Can't make it too bad. And I was just so mad, which that was not their attitude, <laughs> like just to clarify, but that's how I felt. Right. And so I was almost like acting out at God and was like, if you don't give me a small group that works for me, I'm not going to be in one, which is so dumb. <laughs> nice, nice. And then a few months in, I was like, wait, I'm really lonely. <laughs> so this temper tantrum isn't serving anybody very well and especially not me. So I just kind of started, I think that's what ignited the idea of like, oh, I don't have to go through a church, which was kind of, I've been on staff at churches and church is how I've always funneled ministry through. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I could just do it, Mm -hmm. which which seems people listening are probably like, well, yes, of course. But I, it hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. And so I, for maybe two or three months was pondering the idea because I was like, I don't know who to invite. And there's a very strange dynamic about small groups. I'm not exactly sure how to explain this, but hopefully listeners will be like, yeah, me too. You want to be inclusive, of course. You don't want it to be this exclusive clique or club or whatever, but you also want it to be a safe place for the people who are in it. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard to figure out who to invite and who to be a part of that because not that you all have to be in the same place spiritually, but like you want to believe the same things and you want to be in similar walks of like encouraging each other. And you also want people to be able to bring their problems and their issues and their scary moments and know that everybody else in the room is going to honor those and not share them. And so it was just this strange thing. Cause I was like, there's just, there's people that I know that immediately came to mind as fitting that, but I don't know if they would even be interested in the small group. And it's kind of that, what you're talking about where, where you were saying your presence doesn't matter or you thought it didn't at that party. I felt, I was like, there's so many small, nobody needs me to do this. Who's going to even show up? Mm-hmm. Like, so I went through that and finally I was at actually a happy hour with a friend and she 
was kind of echoing all my thoughts. Like, I can't, my husband doesn't really love couple small groups, and there's not really a girls group at our church that works for me, and I'm really just wishing that I had a small group. Mm-hmm. And even just hearing one other person say, I really need that, I was like, well, let's just do one. Mm-hmm. So we started it last summer, almost a year ago, and it was a rough road. Like, I don't want to tell everybody, oh my gosh, start a small group. It'll be great from day one. Like, we just did a four-week, a quick four-week study to start just to see how it went, and none of those girls were, like, incredibly committed to it, which we started in the summer, and that's a bad time. A lot. It's not their fault. But it just, and I was like, I did it, and it didn't work, and I was so frustrated, Mm -hmm. but my roommate and I were like, we're still going to try one more time. So we did a new one in the fall and that one went much better. We had like six girls instead of four and everybody was more invested in it. And then as that group grew by January, we had to like cap it at 12 because everybody was like, I have a friend who just moved to town. I know a girl that I work with who really needs this. Like, and it was awesome. And it was also girls bringing girls who they knew and trusted. So by default, I knew and trusted them already. So that kind of solved the who do we invite problem. Yes. It started with like four friends and then they invited friends. And a lot of us, I think people, even on my social media, people have been like, oh my gosh, how long have you known your small group? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, six weeks. Yeah. Like we have not been friends for forever. And I think that's, I think that's also a, I don't know, maybe like a false belief that we have. We walk into a group and we're like, everyone here has been best friends for years. They know everything about each other. I'm the outsider. And number one, if we're truly following Jesus, we're not going to make people feel like outsiders. But number two, that's not really true. Yeah. Like most of the time, people are also all getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And it's less weird than we feel like it is to join in. Yeah. So that's that's what we do. We meet every Tuesday at seven and we have like snacks and wine and talk about Jesus. It's definitely not perfect, but I'm so glad that I did it. It changed the way I thought about community here. I love that so much. And the thing that you said at the beginning about like being angry, kind of waiting for someone to invite you. Yeah. I think that so many of us feel that way. And we, you know, we show up in a new town or at a new church or, you know, in a new season of life. And we're wondering why people aren't reaching out to us and we're feeling so rejected and overlooked because that's happening or not happening. And there's this Jen Hatmaker quote that I've said in probably every single episode of the podcast. So yes, everyone's I love like, her. here, here she is again. <laughs> um, but it's something about like, if you like create community for other people. And once you do, you'll look around and realize you have community yourself. Something like yes. that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's really true that every single, what I found is that every single, I, I found like maybe two women in the world that are like capped for community that are like, I have enough people and they know me deeply enough. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is lonely and, or, or wishes they were a little bit more connected or wishes yeah. they had people who knew them a little bit better or, yeah. and, and so if everyone's looking for that, if you decide to take ownership and be the one that provides that, you'll look around. Like, that's an active thing you can do, and you'll look around and realize you have it too. Yeah. And and it's amazing. And I, I also love that you said that it didn't necessarily work great the first time. Yeah. Um, Because I think I found that to be true also, that people have different schedules and things yeah. happen or whatever. It just, it's worth another shot. And the thing about, yes. like, having each person bring someone is genius. Because if you don't have... 10 or 12 people or whatever to invite, like, right. well, you might have four and say, hey, yeah. bring your favorite person Your in people town. might know people. Yeah. It, oh, they gosh. will know people. Yes. Your people will know people. Yeah. Everyone write that down. Okay. Yeah. So, so Jess, the reason that I am so pumped to talk to you today is because 
one of the things that we've been talking about nonstop in small group, it seriously has come up almost every week. Which, it has. Like, not intentionally. No. We have not planned it. It just has come up every week. Um, is how hard social media has been on our hearts mm-hmm. lately. Um, and I think I thought for a while that it was just us. Like, I think I thought that it was just people who, who their jobs have to do with social media, which that's you and me. Yeah. I think I thought that the, like, comparison thing, the... Um, feeling like everyone's already doing what you want to do kind of thing, feeling like yeah. you're not good enough thing. I think that I I was under the impression that was just me. This small group has totally changed my mind yeah. on that. We are all, I think, really hurting about social media. Um, and not, not I, and we'll talk about this in a second, but like, I don't want to demonize it and say that social media as a whole is bad. Of course. That's like, no one, no one thinks that. It's uh, really, some people think some that. People, <laughs> some people, that's so true. Some people think that. Um, we don't think that though. It's totally. A, it's a really, it's a way that we can like spread the gospel, that we can encourage each other, that we can mm-hmm. share our stories. So many amazing businesses have been started because of Instagram or, you know, social media. It's so yeah. cool to watch like women who it's really important to them to stay home with their kids, but um, but they want to be able to, you know, flex creative muscles or provide for their family. And they're able to do it in a whole different way because of kind of what the internet has evolved into it. I mean, it's yeah. just provided opportunities for so many people. Um, it's really connective. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just talking about Janine. Janine and I met on Instagram and we're friends on Instagram for like a year or maybe more before I even moved to Nashville and met in person. My, I met my roommate on the internet a couple girls in our small group are from social, like social media friendships. Then we're like, yep. you live in Nashville. Let's get dinner. Yes. So there's definitely redeeming pieces of it for sure. But it's also really tough. And yes. I think that it, um, we have an ability to see pieces of people's lives that we've never seen before. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was reading, oh, what was I reading? I was reading something about the phrase keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was, I think I found like the, that, the original Jones family and like who they were talking about or something <laughs> I like that. I don't know who they are, but I like, totally know the phrase. <laughs> totally. It was in some books somewhere. Um, but we have the ability to not just try to like keep up with our next door neighbors or whatever, but it's the whole entire world yeah. is our next door yes. neighbor. And we have the ability to see into the entire world's life and not just see into their lives, but they're very curated lives. And so yes. we're not just comparing ourselves to like the cute popular girl in high school. We're no, comparing but... ourselves to the cute popular girl all over the world. Yes. And, and her it... perfect relationship and her amazing vacations and right. her free clothes that she gets shipped to her every Friday by every brand we want to wear. Like right. totally. Right. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, and so I know that this has been really, um, I know that this has been like a, a real struggle for me through throughout the years. And mm-hmm. even lately, if we're going to take over the team, um, even lately. And so, um, I'm really excited to talk to you about this today. Partially, I mean, for a lot of reasons, because we've been talking about it so much, but you also wrote the actual book on this. Can you like, (laughs) one of many, but yes, tell us a little (laughs) bit about your book. Like how did you, how did you start wanting to talk about this? Okay. I'm notoriously long-winded about this because I love it. So I'm going to try to give like the one-two punch. Okay. (laughs) Um, when I was in college, I was leading a high school girls, small group, And this was around the time, I don't remember the exact year when this hit me, but it was when everyone got an iPhone in high school. So they'd been out for a while, maybe like 2011, 2012, when all of my high school girls were like, look what I got for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And immediately I noticed a shift. Like, we're girls. We struggle with insecurity through all ages and seasons. But, I mean, in high school, middle school and high school, maybe most of all, Mm -hmm. but... I noticed a new kind of insecurity almost immediately. Like, 
two of the girls in our small group took a picture of our small group and posted it, which is great. It's Mm -hmm. like, look, I'm at small group. Here are my friends. And one girl got more likes than the other girl and it devastated her. Like she cried at small group. Because she was like, we both posted the same picture and more people liked yours than liked mine and we have the same friends and why would that be? And like, just utter like meltdown. And I didn't even, my parents and I were late to the iPhone game, so I was still rocking like a razor. Nice. And, or something like that, an Envy. Like, the things that they used to name phones are hilarious. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so I was like, what is happening? That's like, yeah. That's and the envy, which was the envy of no one by the time I had it because everybody had an iPhone. But yeah, no, I mean, I just remember thinking like, what is going on here? Because I had a Facebook, but it was on our family desktop computer and I didn't, I just wasn't in the world of like apps and iPhone and social media and all this stuff. And so, but I immediately knew something was happening because I was like, this is not an insecure girl. Like the girl who that had happened to, that was not normal for her. Mm-hmm. And that was just one example of many. But basically, I went to the store to try to find, the Christian bookstore, to try to find a study on this. Because I was like, the internet is changing. Like, we used to use the internet for some things. Mm -hmm. Now it's turning into our whole life. Right. So we need to talk about this. Like, this affects spirituality. This is going to affect our faith. It could be in good or bad ways, but we need to be talking about it. And nothing existed. There's just nothing. So I feel like the theme of this is me getting angry at God now because I'm like, I was angry about the small group. Now I'm angry about the book. But not at all. I just got in my car and was like angry praying out loud. Like if someone was sitting next to me in the car, in the car next to me, they would have been like, ugh, this girl's screaming. This girl's nuts. At no one. And this was before Bluetooth, so it was actually weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like so mad. I was like, this is a problem and I'm just trying to help these girls and I don't know what to say or do and there's nothing out there and I'm just so frustrated And I remember there's not very many times that I feel like the Lord has like spoken to me when I know exactly like these words were from him. Mm -hmm. Um, Only a couple times in my life. And this was one of them. And I feel like he very kindly and patiently waited for me to be done with my rant. Yep. And then was like, yeah, I would like you to write it. That's why it doesn't exist. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like backpedaled so hard. I was like, no, no, I I went to school for music. So I was like, I'm a songwriter, not a book writer. And I don't want to do this. And, um, I was just telling you about a problem so that you could fix it. I'm Uh not the solution. I'm just the messenger. And I will fast track through the next part of this, but basically over the next year, he put 1 million things in my path that confirmed that I had to write this book. People would say to me, who we've, I've never talked to them about writing. And they were like, I really feel like you should write a book on social media. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) excuse me? Hello, what? Hadn't seen these people in years. Oh my God. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. I almost wish that at the time I had documented it better because looking back, I'm like, what in the world? He was not going to let up. He was like, you're doing this. And I was 19, by the way. So I wrote it. (laughs) I love that. And... I, I had written maybe like two or three chapters of it, and then I went to this conference called She Speaks and got signed at 20 to write a book with zero. I remember I didn't even have an iPhone, so like no social media platform presence. No one knew who I was, cared who I was. It's such a God thing. Like, such a God thing. And we can even have a different publishing time podcast because that's a whole other thing. But. Um, I ended up getting signed and they were like, we need it in six months. And I was like, great. And I was a junior in college. So I scheduled all my classes for the morning, wrote it in the evening. It was the most fun year of my life. Like I had a blast and 
now I'll tell you what it's about. So it's called Stolen, hashtag Stolen if you want to get technical. And it was written primarily for high school and college age girls. But what's been so interesting to me is that after it's come out, the audience is wider than I expected. Hmm. Because I was kind of honing in on this insecurity that we felt in our teen years over social media. But turns out everybody feels this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So every chapter tackles, in a way, a platform on social media. But not just like, here's how to use the platform. It's more like, what insecurity and lie can we believe when we're using this platform in the wrong way? Yeah. And when that gets stirred up in us, what do we do? How do we respond to it? How do we know what our identity is in Christ instead? Because, like we said, I think social media can be such a good tool. But I think if we're approaching it, wanting it to give us something, we're always going to leave hurt. But if we approach it knowing who we are and wanting to share that or give something to it or to the people on it, then it's a great tool. Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I need to like lay down and let that soak in for a second. <laughs> you can. Well, so I, I really might. Pause for a second. Um, so I know that you start with, in the book, because um, the, the subtitle is how social media is stealing our identity, right? Is social media stealing is your social, identity? But yes, is social yeah. media stealing your identity? Um, and so I know that you start with identity and that, yeah. like, where that comes from. Um, and when you were talking about this in small group, one of the things that you told us about was a story that your mom would share with you all about money. Can you yes. talk about that a little bit? Okay. Many of my stories are actually my mom's because she's wonderful. But she used to be a teller at a bank. And when she was in training... They had a whole session, I think it was an entire day, on counterfeit money before they could even begin to talk to customers. They had to learn about counterfeit money. And so she was like, this is going to be a really interesting day. I bet they're going to bring in all kinds of counterfeit money. I'm going to have to spend this whole time taking notes and learning all the different types and all this stuff. She was very prepared for a big day of counterfeiting. (laughs) And um, instead, when she walked in the room, there was just real dollars on the table. And she was like, well, this is confusing. And her boss got up and said, listen, counterfeiting is changing all the time. There's always going to be new technology, new ways of printing. We're never going to be able to keep up with what the quote unquote bad guys are doing with money. Mm -hmm. It's our job to know the real thing so well, to study it every day to know like every little detail of how the paper feels and what the ink looks like and what every little design is so that when counterfeit comes across our desks, no matter what it looks like, we know something's off. (laughs) And I feel like that's so true for us and the way that we view ourselves and social media and identity, like new lies and new comparisons and new insecurities are going to come at us always. It's changed. The world is just like, Satan's not going to give up. There's going to be new angles. But the important thing is, If we know who we are and we know what God says about us and believe it so deeply that then when someone comes by and says, you know, you're not worth this or you don't meet that standard, you're not skinny enough or, you know, like your skin isn't clear enough or you don't have enough money, whatever it is. And we're like, no, I already know that's not true because I've studied the real thing. And so when she told me that story, I mean, I've known it for a long time, but it just hit me in a new way with social media. Because I was like, that's exactly it. No matter how many new things are going to get thrown at us, if we're standing on the right foundation, we can almost just like bat them down. 
Yeah. Not that they're never going to be painful or hard. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm like the opposite of like a happy, like victory in Jesus, no matter what, like life is hard, but at the same time we can have victory. Yep. And so that's kind of how I feel about social media. And that's what I'm trying to share about social media as a very flawed person myself. I have to remind myself this lesson all the time. Yeah. So I'm definitely not traveling and speaking, be like, I handle social media perfectly. Look at me. Like, oh my gosh, no. But just like, I feel like this is a a serious truth that a lot of us maybe haven't even considered. And that's actually what the first couple chapters of the book are about. It's almost like outlining that we do have a problem because social media is really subtle. Like it just kind of sneaks in our day. We don't even realize how much time we're spending on it, much less how it shapes us. Mm -hmm. And so we almost have to be aware that what it's doing in our souls isn't right if we're ever going to pursue it a different way. Yep. And I think I really like the idea of starting with what's real and and focusing on what's real instead of like, there are some, I think some really helpful and tangible tips and tricks to keeping social media in its rightful place. They've been really helpful for me. Um, so we'll definitely talk about those, but, um, but I think that start like keeping our eye on the thing that is true Mm -hmm. because you're right. There's going to be a new platform, a new tool, a new whatever, um, like, Every every day, something new comes out, and so if mm-hmm. if we're keeping our eye on the thing that's real, um, and like I feel like that's the way to get through it. And so, as I know, like my first question as a you know, if I were listening, I'd be like, okay, I know that my identity is supposed to be like rooted in Christ. I know that I'm supposed to know who He says about me and believe it. Yeah, can you like? Give us a starting point, like from either if we're starting from scratch or wherever we are today. Yeah. Give us like a tangible thing we can do. How do we do this? How totally. Do, how do we? I wish I had some like click your heels three times and this will be easier answer, but I feel like we get to wake up every morning and decide who we're going to believe about ourselves. And we have to re-decide every day. Um, so... One of my easiest, like, tips and tricks, and it sounds so simple, but, like, social media doesn't need to be first. Whenever you wake up and you're deciding what you're going to believe about you today, like, put the thing that you want to believe in your brain first. So, I mean, let's not roll or... I bought an alarm clock because I was rolling over, looking at my phone, and then immediately seeing my notifications and being like, oh, somebody DM me on Instagram, and just into, like, an hour cycle of... And not that anything that was happening was even bad... But just an hour cycle of opinions and voices and pictures and things. And I never, like, felt great Mm -hmm. the rest of the day. And so I was like, I'm going old school. I went to Target. I bought, like, a $25 alarm clock that has, like, the waterfall and the rain and all the cool sounds. Yeah. And those wake me up now. And it's so much more peaceful. And then I can open my Bible or even, like, my Bible app. Like, you can use the phone as long as you're checking it for the right things. Mm -hmm. Um. Or even just like going downstairs and getting a cup of coffee and talking to my roommates or calling one of my parents or like rooting yourself in not only scripture, although I think that's so important, but your real life and the people who know you and who have a perspective on you that's not like a highlight reel and they still love you Mm. even though they know all your junk. Yep. Because I think when we remember who we are in the context of our real lives, then what happens on social media is like, well that might be good or bad, but it's not going to make or break my day or my life or my identity because I already know and remember who I am today. Yes. Yeah. Something that I know we were talking about in small group that I know you do when it comes to your 
quiet time is that you don't even you don't even go get your coffee because really you have like roommates downstairs and they'll talk to you and and which is awesome but um that yeah, yeah I like my roommates which is the problem like right yeah you don't talk to them forever so it's you actually start your day like you don't even you don't even do anything before you get in the word right yeah I mean I would love to be like yes that's my perfect day every day and it always happens not true that's my ideal situation yeah. because I know that if I get downstairs and we all start talking about like what we have going on for the day and what's coming up with work and what's going on with relationships and just all these things like my brain I just tend to run a hundred miles an hour and not stop. Yeah. So once it gets started, it's really hard for me to slow back down and have that time with the Lord. So I have a little like basket by my bed that has like my journal and my Bible in it. And I pretty much just like slap the waterfall sound off and turn <laughs> the like Bible open and journal open. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be, I feel like we sometimes are intimidated by quiet time because we're like, what is quiet time? I'm not really that quiet of a person. I don't know how to study the Bible. Like, it doesn't have to be a crazy, it can be 15 minutes of your day or yeah. 10 minutes of your day. Like, I don't, I think that the more that we do it, the more we will want to do it. Yes. That's been true for me. Yep. But don't feel like you have to start. If anyone out there is listening and is like, I've never done this before. You don't have to go on a silent retreat and have an hour a day where you're just like in meditation and praying and like, yeah. it doesn't have to be that. You can start a little slower than that. Yeah. But I mean, grab a devotional, a daily <laughs> devotional and read it and then find like where that verse is and go read that section of scripture. And that can be it. Yeah. I think one thing I've started, I, one thing that I've started doing is, um, I've been reading different books in the new Testament mm-hmm. and, um, I've been, anytime I see something where God says who we are or how he feels about yeah. us, um, I've been writing it down on a sticky note and like maybe the word, um, and then the verse that goes with it or something like that. Um, and just to have that, we need to hear from God who yeah. he says we are, yeah. what he says about us. Um, and I, I think just, that that's a really big sorry, deal. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just want to interject this one thing. I didn't even think I was going to say this. It's, I'm plugging someone else's book basically, but, um, there's a book, I know it's in Lifeway. You can probably get it on Amazon and it's called, something like God's promises for your every need. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a ton of scripture, um, in sections based on how you feel or what you need to know about you. And so there are, well, like when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling unloved, when you're feeling this, and there's like 20 verses at your disposal. So if you're in a place where you're struggling to believe what God says about you, like that book fits in your backpack or your purse or your whatever. Like I have one in my car yeah, because I just give them to people because I know that studying the entire Bible is a tough place when you don't know, when you're just starting and you don't know where to look and what to do. But it's like, man, if you just need to know what God says about you when someone in your family gets sick mm-hmm. or when whatever, yep. it's such a helpful resource. And so, I mean, I will like write those down, keep them with me. Those have helped me believe the truth about me. And I know that one thing you and I have talked about a lot is that, um, is how we talk to ourselves yeah. and what we say about ourselves. And I know that for me, so there's this, um, there's a verse and it's in Proverbs and it's uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one And it says, um, the tongue has the power of life and death. And yeah. I think the second half is like, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have talked about this a lot that, um, we, how we talk to ourselves and the things we think about ourselves really matter. And like, yeah. like you said at the beginning, you know, we get to decide who we believe, and I think that our, the, the things we say in our head or the things we say out loud about ourselves, those are reinforcing someone's 
belief. And so it's like, if we're opening up Instagram and every single person we follow is like skinny, tiny, perfect, airbrushed, and our thoughts about ourselves are constantly like, you're not enough or you're too much, or you're not, you're not beautiful. All these different things. Like we're, we're perpetuating those lies. Whereas if we're intentionally saying, like repeating the things that God says over us, that's a really big deal. When, um, when I was on the world race, um, I know I've told this story before, but, um, I was on the world race. I was really working on some identity stuff and really mm-hmm. trying to figure out who God says I am and going through scripture and trying to believe it because yeah. it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to believe it. And I think totally. the the belief comes with like repetition and practice. And, um, the more we say something, I feel like the more true it feels. And yeah. so my girlfriend, Carly, we were out at, um, at ministry one day and we came back and she had put sticky notes all over my bed. Um, and they each said a different word that God says about me. And they were like That's chosen, awesome. loved, beautiful, redeemed, um, adored, things like that. And they were all around my bed. And so every night I got to fall asleep under this canopy of sticky notes that said who I was. Yeah. And at the end of that month when we were moving, I like took them all down and put them back up. And for a whole year I lived under these truths. And I just yeah. got to see them over and over. And that really changed things. And I know that you... Um, we, you and I have talked about, um, using our words. And I know that if you catch yourself thinking something that isn't true about <laughs> you, you correct yourself out loud. Yeah, you? I do. Is that true? Yes. Yes. I talk a lot. Um, there's all these things I'm realizing. I'm like, oh, I've like been angry at God and yelled at him sometimes. And also like, I just talk to myself oh, frequently. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, but I'll catch myself saying things to me in my own mind, like not even out loud, but things I would never say to somebody else. Yep. And, you know, like, there was a few weeks ago where I just made, like, a little mistake on a project that I was doing. And it, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but it needed correcting, and I had to follow up with a couple people, and everybody was really gracious, because it was totally fine. But I just remember being like, how could you do that? Hmm. Like, how could you let that happen? And truly, I mean, it took 10 minutes to fix. It wasn't even a big deal, but I was just, like, so mad. And then I, and then I went out loud no, it's okay to make mistakes because if somebody did something to me and it took 10 minutes of my time to fix, I would be like, oh my gosh, no worries. Like, it's not even a big deal. But to me, I was like, how could you? How could you? And I'm just like, why would I talk to me that way? Yeah. I'm a daughter of God. Like, nobody talks to me that way, especially not myself. Yes. And so, yeah, I've like gotten in the, in the path of correcting. And I mean, I'll correct I tend to be, like, witty and sarcastic, and sometimes that even comes out toward other people, and I will correct myself there, too. Hmm. Be like, you know what? That didn't come out the way I meant it to, and that's not what I meant to say. Yeah. Because um, I don't, I mean, I don't want to be hurtful to anybody. Yeah. But I notice that a lot of times I'm my own worst critic. It comes out with yes. myself more than other people. Yes. And I love the fact that you stop and correct that. And that's really, like, that is um, the outward expression of, and you guys, I'm totally going to butcher this reference, which it's one of my favorite verses. I don't know why I cannot remember the reference. Um, I think it's like second Corinthians five, 10 or 10, five, something like that. I'm going to look it up. It'll be in the okay. show notes. Um, but it's the verse that talks about how we need to take our thoughts captive and yes. make them obedient to Christ. And like, I think that's 10, five. That, 10, five. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I got it. It's, it's 10 something. 10. Watch yeah. us both be wrong. Okay. Show notes guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check the show notes. We're uh, really good at this. Um, But I love that because it's, you know, the mental picture I've always gotten Mm -hmm. from that is like running around with like a butterfly net, like capturing our thoughts and taking like, or grabbing their shirt and kind of looking them in the eye and being like, do you belong here? Like, do you you reflect what God says about me? And if not, letting it go. Like the truest meaning of not today, Satan. Yeah, (laughs) truly. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. 
Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Back to what you were saying real quick about following people on Instagram. I feel like my big thing, so I grew up playing sports, and now I sit all day and write for a living. So my body when I played sports versus now is not the same. And that's okay. I'm very aware that that's true, but also I want to be better about it. So I'm in this health journey right now. But at the same time, I followed way too many fitness accounts in the name of getting healthy, but then just beated myself, beated. I'm a writer, you guys. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Um, It's, it's morning still. Yeah. We We haven't had all our coffee yet. Um, I beat myself up over like where they were versus where I was. And I was like, first of all, that's what they do for a living. I have a job in my house where I have to sit down. Right. And like, I'm comparing myself to what? My 16 year old basketball body, like a decade ago. Yep. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. And so I had to unfollow people like unfollow fitness accounts, but they're helpful. And I'm like, yeah, but they weren't. Right. So I think it's something where you have to know what's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would never go around and be like, you guys have to unfollow this girl because, because watching her made me feel bad. Like, yeah, it's, you have to do what's right for you. And I would even say like, there are people that I know in real life that I don't follow on the internet and that's, has nothing to do with how I feel about them. And if we're friends and if I value them as people at all, Yep. but it just, some people just stir up some unhealthy feelings in me mm-hmm. where I'm either jealous that their life is going away that I wish mine was, or maybe we just have a lot of different views and Mm -hmm. some of the things that they say really make me mad or frustrated. And I'm like, I don't want to live in this constant frustration toward you when we're not even having the conversation in real life. So I just don't need that. Like I will be a better friend to you if I don't read that from you every day. Yep. And so the unfollow button on Facebook is fantastic. If you're mm-hmm. on Facebook, I know lots of us aren't anymore. Um, but even Instagram, like I mute stories a lot. Yeah. Because I just don't need to see it. I just don't. And I used to feel really mean for doing that. But um, there's another Proverbs verse that we're, we'll have to look up because I don't know the reference. Um That talks about like that your heart is the wellspring of life. Yeah. And like what you put in your heart. I mean, it's going to bring life out. And so I want to make sure that I'm putting things in that are going to spew life out. Yep. And that's my job. Like, Scripture tells us all over that we have to guard our hearts. We need to be the gatekeepers. It's not everybody else's fault for saying what they're saying. Yep. Like, we still get to choose what goes in. Yep. And what we not only just read, but then, like, recite and believe. and. So, yeah, I'm just like, I don't feel bad about that anymore. I don't feel bad. I know you also don't follow very many people on social media for that reason. Yeah. I There was a long time where 
um, I, it was kind of, I was just kind of getting into Instagram and finding out how cool it is. And like, I just, I loved it because yeah. there were so many people doing really creative, amazing things. And it is awesome. So there was a time where I followed a thousand people, 1000 people actually. And I remember being, I was home at home in Denver with Carl. I remember exactly where we were sitting and I was falling apart and I was, I was totally obsessing over Instagram and he was yeah. like, what is, what is going on? And I was like, I mean, I just like... I can't cook like this person. I can't decorate like this person. I don't have the outfits like this person. I don't have abs like this person. I don't go on vacations like this person. I don't have as many followers as this person. And I'm going crazy. And he goes, Stephanie, stop. He goes, all of those people are professionals at the thing that you, uh, that that one thing. Like you are combining all these people and comparing yourself to the You're making them all into this one enormous, impossible person to replicate. And then trying to be her. Yes. And it was, I mean, it was killing me. And um, there are even, you know, people who do similar things to what I do or mm-hmm. who are writers or who are whatever, who are wonderful people, but something about them or where they are in their journey or where I am in my journey is like, I can't, yeah. it, it's not good for me. It, yeah. it like, um, it, it brings up lies. It brings up fears. It kind of st- stunts my creativity because I'm thinking, yes. well, they're already doing it and they're doing better or yes. whatever. And, um, and so really I went on this giant purge of not only social media, but all of the influences, all of the mm-hmm. voices in my life and the filter that I used, which I love, I still use this to this day. I need to come up with a cuter name for it, but I call it the tall, small filter. Yes. And I either, that's a good name. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, fine. I'm (laughs) patent pending. Um, Trademark. Trademark tall small filter. Um, And so every every voice, every Instagram person, every everybody, I either I look at them and I say, "Do you make me feel tall or do you make me feel small?" Yeah. And like when I read something of yours, do I feel encouraged and built up and inspired, or do I feel like fat and stupid and poor and (laughs) unsuccessful? You know. Yeah. And like my voice doesn't matter. Like my voice doesn't matter at all. I should just shut up because this person's doing it better. Oh, Um, that's a good filter. It was, and it was so good. And I think that the first criticism is like, okay, but there are all these people in the middle. Like this person doesn't make me feel tall, but they don't make me feel terrible. I think they have to make you feel one. I think it. It's. It's a little yeah. bit more one way or a little there's bit other. There's not really neutral ground with what we put in our minds. We like to no. think there is, but there's really not. There's not, and and it um, there's too much in the world. There's too many. Yeah. There's too many people you can follow on Instagram. Yeah, for for you to just have a whole bunch of people that are neutral. So it's like it's either tall or small. And so I mean, I filtered out. I I don't follow very many people anymore because Instagram is something like we check it like. Uh, in bed or I check it way too much I'll be the first to admit last week I took two days off like turned my phone off because I was like I just can't I just can't I need a break everybody's bothering me and when everybody gets on my nerves it's it's an indication of me I'm just like over stimulated I'm like there's just so much information I have to go away yep can I get weirdly psychology can I go into a little corner real quick totally okay so I minored in psychology in college, and I love it. And I just am like an amateur psych nerd now, and read everything there is to read about it. And in throughout history, people have been in groups of about five hundred. Like when you look at um, armies, like the size of armies, and when you look at the size of tribes before people had cities and like throughout history it's always been like 500 or less people and there's something called the Dunbar number which everybody can 
if anyone's interested in this, you can Google it because I won't go like too far down. But it basically talks about the circles of your brain and how many people each circle can hold. Okay. So like there's five people who are primary influences and those are people that you trust implicitly. Like you don't have to filter what they tell you through critical thinking because they're your people. Mm -hmm. They're usually your parents, your spouse, your best friend, your sibling, like really close people. Yeah. Um, And then each circle goes out and out and out with like the way that you relate to people. But the maximum capacity that our brains have to remember faces and names together, like the most basic level of like you see someone and something in your brain goes, I know them, Mm -hmm. is 1,500 people. That's how many people you can know at a time. Like, that's how many facial recognition, like, abilities you have. Yeah. Most of us, like, know, quote unquote, I just did air quotes and then remember this was a podcast, (laughs) know that many people on the internet. Yeah. Not to mention the people that we know in real life. Yeah. So it's like, no wonder we feel exhausted and overstimulated and, like, our literal bodies and brains were not wired to hold this much information. Yes. And so that's why it's really important to guard who we let in. And again, it's not because they're good or bad. It's those people, like you said, that if they fall in the middle, if you feel neutral about it, you probably don't need them. Yeah. Because and it's, and it's, it's just taking up such valuable real estate in your brain. Yep. And it's not that you're, um, yeah, it's not mean. It's not that you are like succumbing to insecurity or anything. Like no. you're just, and it's not that you're, you know, shoving your head in the sand and not ever exposing yourself to, you know, opposing viewpoints. Like that's not important. at all. You don't need that though. Like this is movie gross, but like how many people check their phone when they're in the bathroom? Like, I mean, so guilty. I mean, uh, me too. So like, so you do not need dissenting opinions or people yelling at you yeah. or people that make you feel small when Nobody you are in like the most intimate presidential debate while they're pooping. I, <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I went there. I feel like that's the quote from this podcast. I'm so glad. That's what it's going to um, be called. Yes. No one needs but, to read a presidential debate. Yeah. But seriously, I mean, it's like we let people into these moments. Like, you would never have that conversation with someone in that moment. Right. And I think that so that's maybe no one needs to too. go into the bathroom with you, even on your phone. Like, yeah. Maybe you just need a minute. Yes. I think that. And so I think that that's like kind of another. That's yeah. another thing that's been helping me a lot is creating like knowing when I need a minute and also Mm -hmm. creating time before I need a minute so yes like you know how when you're thirsty that means you're already dehydrated or something like that right like when you're kind of at the end of your rope peopled out or in Mm -hmm. you know social media out or something Mm -hmm. like that I think that you're we can cut we can draw the line earlier than that so something I've been doing is um one I don't have any notifications on my phone the only one I do is text Yes, me too. Um, like calls and texts, which yes, is calls and texts. What a phone is for. Yeah, amazingly, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so only calls and texts. So no emails, no Instagram, no nothing. And mm-hmm. so I have to open it. Um, but still, every once in a while, a call or a text will like be distracting or not what I need in yeah. that moment. And so I've been turning my phone on airplane mode a yes, lot lately. So good nights and weekends. Like my parents were in town this weekend, and I had my phone on airplane mode almost the entire weekend. I totally yeah. checked out, and I need that time to remember that I'm not. Um, I need that time to remember that I'm not at Esme Wilson on Instagram, that that's not yes. who I am. I'm just Stephanie. Yeah. And that I have yes. parents and oh my friends gosh. and so a good. husband and a house and a life and a body worth feeding and a soul worth tending. Yeah. And like, I just need that time to just not, to not be there. And so even yeah. though like my, you know, my Instagram and my social media is so filtered to be the things that build me up and inspire me and send me in the direction of life I want to go in, um, even yeah. though that's already so filtered, I just need time where I don't do any of it. Yeah. where I can just unplug and work on yeah, my real life. Totally. My real self. You mentioned something earlier about 
kind of like how heavy social media has felt lately mm-hmm. and talking about people who have opposing views or like differing opinions. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's maybe more true currently than it was in years past. Yeah. I feel like social media used to just be maybe about fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming a place where we have like weightier conversations, which yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Virginia, which is very near DC and there's a lot of political culture there. Like that was just always true for me to know these things and to be involved in these things. It's not a huge platform for me on social media because that's just not what I want out of my life necessarily. But like we, you and I both have opinions on this stuff. I know you just posted about March for Our Lives like Mm -hmm. a little bit ago and that's something that you really care about and has affected you and all these things. So I'm very okay with like speaking up on things that matter to us on social media. But (laughs) I think real like change in those conversations happens with people who really know us. And so we need to be careful in this time where it seems like there's a new problem every day. And even like our hearts are breaking every day because there's just really sad, awful things going on in our country or on the world. Like there's a lot of violence. It's just a lot. It's Mm -hmm. a lot. And so, yes, by all means, I'm pro Christians being active in that and taking a redemptive stance on it. But at the same time, don't exhaust yourself, like, fighting with trolls on the internet. Yeah. And I know that that's easy for a lot of us to go to that place or to worry about what someone who doesn't know us, doesn't know our story, doesn't know our life says about our stance on a certain issue. But, like, that's another place where if we're rooted in our real life, I have conversations like this with my friends all the time where we don't agree. Mm-hmm. We don't vote the same way. We don't think the same. Whatever. It's not even all politics. I'm not making it about no, politics. but, that's a but really just good about yeah. heavier things when we disagree about theology or about anything. We can disagree and even heatedly disagree and still walk away and love each other because we have that foundation of a loving, caring relationship first. Mm-hmm. But when somebody that you don't know anything about on the internet and they don't know anything about you... It's easy to take a quote out of context or to assume hurtful intent on their part when it wasn't or vice versa. And it's just like, I just want us to be very cautious when social media seems to be turning more serious that it's okay to unplug from that too. Like we don't have to champion every cause and be on the front lines of everything because if we're so exhausted and so overwhelmed by what's going on in the world... We can't really bring light to it. And I don't really think that's what Jesus asks us. Like, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we're walking around with the weight of the world on our shoulders, like, it's not our job to redeem it. It's Jesus's job to redeem it. And we follow him, so we are involved. But, like, that's almost like an offshoot from everything else we're talking about. But I just feel like in the current culture that we're in, it's really important to remember. I think that, like, kind of the, the... overarching theme is you choose yes. and you have to choose yes. that if you just kind of let things happen as they happen and you follow whoever and you take in whatever they say, like you are going to be propelled in directions you don't want to go in your yeah. soul, in your mind. And you're going to be riding the waves of social media, whatever the tide is doing. Yeah. But we have to choose and we have to choose how we want to use it and how we, where we'll, where we'll use it and who will let speak to us and what we'll yeah. speak about. And, um, and I think it's, I mean, it is totally okay to say, I'm not talking about politics online or totally I am, okay. or I'm only talking to this about, or talking about this or with my friends around the table. Mm-hmm. Like that's usually my stance. Like yeah. I don't, my 
social media is not where I want to talk about no. what's going on in the world. I want to talk about the hardest things with the people who know me best and yes. who I can. And I would say that's like generally what should be true for most of us. Yeah. There are people that are like very much experts in that field and I appreciate what they have to say and on social media, about but like pretty much I don't appreciate what people, I'm just like, no, eh, we don't need to talk about this here. It's, it's not the best place to have the debate. I don't know anybody who is like, I have believed this way my entire life. And then someone posted on Facebook and now I believe the opposite. Like right. it totally changed my heart. Right. Like it's just, a way I've never for, heard of that happening. No, it's a way for everyone to kind of dig in their heels. And so I think yeah. like, Jess, I want to just ask you before we get into our last couple of questions, mm-hmm. um, do you have any sort of last last anything we didn't talk about in terms of like kind of tips or tricks or things that have been yeah. helpful for you in keeping social media in it's maybe let's each do one just kind of a okay. last like remember this or you can do this or try this kind of thing yeah um man I feel like it's so hard to narrow it down to one but an important one for me is remember that social media is meant to be a tool to connect you with real life not to curate a different life hmm. so I was just saying I've met some great friends on social media and that's awesome. Like I am so for that, but we took our relationship offline eventually mm-hmm. because we wanted to really know each other. Yeah. Cause real friendship can only go so deep on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like if you meet somebody and you connect with them and it's possible for you guys to get together, like grab a coffee yeah. Because you're going to get so much further there than DMing each other. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, and then use it to connect with people that you actually do know. Like, it's so great for me to, I have friends from college that are, like, all over the world now. And I know you do, too. Like, especially with the world race. Like, yeah. you know people everywhere. Everywhere. So it's awesome to use that to connect with people who you don't get to see. But if you do get to see the people, like, see them. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it used to be texting. Like, we used to just text our friends instead of hanging out. But mm-hmm. now it's like, we don't even text it. To the point where now when I see some friends, I'm like, oh, I already know everything you did today. Because I, because you posted it on your stories and I watched it. So yeah. we don't even have that much to catch up on. So, like, use it to connect to... Use it to keep in touch with people from your real life. Yeah. And then use it to get, like, to find people that you can know in that, real life. That you would want to be your real life people. Yeah. Yeah. That it's that it's more about real life than it is. It's a tool for it to enhance your real life, not it's not supposed to become your life. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I think the I mean the thing that I would say is like one one, when we've talked about this a lot in, in group, um, because we have a lot of people who have online jobs and stuff, um, I'll don't forget that the things that people are posting on Instagram, especially the big bloggers and people mm-hmm. like that, those things are very curated. And very. I, don't, I don't know yeah. if people like really know that people do photo shoots. The people that you're seeing, they don't they don't look like that at the gym that day or they don't no. look like that in the coffee shop. Like they did a photo shoot with a professional photographer and they probably brought 10 outfits and they did a whole bunch yeah. of shoots and then they're posting them intermittently throughout yes. the month. And today they're in sweatpants like you. We both are right now. Yeah, we're both in total sweatpants <laughs> and I barely put on makeup. Same. Like we they, they don't look like that every day. And so yeah. you don't need to look like that every day. Yeah. That's not their real life. Gosh, that's good. And if that's encouraging for you to see outfit posts or something, that's totally fine. But if you need to see people who are just kind of sharing their real life, then you don't need to follow those people. It's, yeah. So I think that that would be the other thing I would yeah. say is like you, you get to choose and you have to totally. choose. Not everyone gets to have an equal weight, equal voice in your life. If that's something right. makes you feel small, like unfollow it. Only be, be the bouncer for your own mind yeah. and your heart and let nobody things else in. is really on the lookout for us to be healthy people. Yeah. Like that's on us. It has to be us. And yeah. and this is a huge, like, 
this is a huge deal because it's, it's affecting us all throughout our day. And Mm -hmm. these, you know, tiny little square photos are affecting our hearts and our lives and stuff. And so we have to be really like intentional about it. And yeah, and that way we can use social media for all the good things and all the connective things and all the powerful things while keeping the the hard things about it in check. Yeah. Okay. Jessica, we could talk about this forever. I want to ask you these last three questions. Okay. I'm ready. Um, the first one is, what has God been teaching you lately? Okay, this actually goes along a lot with what we're talking about, but it's not intentional. Um, God's really been teaching me that I don't need to have that many friends. I know that sounds crazy, but so I'm like four years post-grad, and I feel like every year there's been almost like my friend circle has been getting smaller, Yeah, and this is the year that I'm okay with that hmm. because for the, in college... I really equated, I think in a way, and I had great friends in college and some of them are still my great friends, but equated popularity with friendship because we had, my friend group in college was like 50 people Hmm. and we were actually all really good friends. And like, that's, I know that's unique in and of itself. But then when I moved here, I was like, I might know 10 people that Mm -hmm. I want to hang out with. What happened? Yeah. Um, and now I would say like, I might know four people. That are not that I mean I hang out with more than four people, but people that I can text them and be like, "Do you want to go get dinner in an hour in your sweatpants?" Yep. Like, that's just not everyone mm-hmm. that you feel like that safe and that close and that I don't know. I mean, just that level of friendship is pretty rare, and I think it's even more rare the older we get and people are married or have kids or work is really busy. Like, it's just a different dynamic, and that's okay. And like, God is just teaching me that my worth is not in, like, the number of people that's in my close circle. Yep. And the importance of, like, finding people who are safe and who encourage you to pursue Jesus and going really deep with those people and kind of not worrying about how that looks on social media or, like, yep. to the outside world. Like, it just, it's, life is not a popularity contest. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, if, if it is, that's sad like, <laughs> for the people who are living it that way. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, just even like knowing, like, I just have like my small group girls and then like a few other friends in Nashville that are, that are truly people that I want to like see on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And those, those kind of committed community relationships are enough. And I'm learning a lot about Jesus through those people. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. Um, the second thing I wanted to ask is, um, what's something you've been loving lately? And it can be totally random. Just what's something you've been loving lately? It's not only random. It's pretty shallow. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and when you sent me these questions, I read through them. And this one, like, even in the skimming, I was like, oh, I know. Like, that's yes. how much I love what I'm about to say. Okay, go. My whole life, I have loved, like, leggings. I'm not really a baggy sweatpants person. I'm, like, a leggings person. Okay. And I've always been cheap. Like, Old Navy leggings are fine. Yep. And I was fine with that until Christmas when someone gave me my first pair of Lululemon sweatpants. Uh-huh. And they're $100. And it's stupid. And I know that. Yep. And I used to judge people at the gym. I was like, you guys, mine costs 15 and it's the same. Yep. Whatever. You're... Listen, it is not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I wear these. I have them on right now. They're like just the regular whatever. I don't even know what they're called because I'm not hip to this culture. But oh my gosh. They are naked sensation. <laughs> That's so what they're called. Feel like and you're naked. You guys. <laughs> you guys. It's like not wearing pants but being in public. And I wear them so much. And I bought two other pairs. Like 
Jessica, my budget is gone. But like, you guys, I'm a writer. I work from home. This is my this uniform is work now. Attire. It's yes. like black Lululemon yes. and like a t-shirt. Like, yes. they're so important to me. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. And like immediately, I was like, that came in my mind. I was like, I can't say that. Oh, and I was no, like, no, I'm gonna to say, say it. You had to say that. They're the best. Like. Save your pennies and buy a pair. You are serious. Oh my gosh. Um, that's so hilarious good. because I, for sure, my father-in-law is um, like a, I'm going to totally butcher exactly what he is. <laughs> I don't know. CPA? Oh gosh. Sorry, Rob. Um, anyway. Like we, an accountant? Yeah. We ask yeah, him all of our- that's a CPA. Our, we ask him all of our public tax. accountant. There you go. Yep. We ask him all of our tax questions and I have asked him more than once if I can write off like leggings because this I'm like- This is my work attire. This is work attire. And he goes, nope, Steph, sorry. <laughs> I really tried I though. No, listen. I've also asked my yeah. CPA that question. Yep. It's, it's like, <laughs> I, okay, I love that. Um, my last question is, who is a woman that's been inspiring you lately? Okay. There's a lot. I had to really think to narrow this down. But one thing that I know we've talked about a lot in small group is the importance of gratitude Mm -hmm. and how much that changes the way we view the world. So when I was talking about my quiet time earlier, one of the things that I've really been trying to do and really trying to make a daily practice is when I get up in the morning, writing immediately what I'm grateful for. And that could be maybe like, it sounds so cheesy and I thought it was for a long time, but like thinking about even just like good interactions with friends from the day before that were really meaningful to me or like my ice cream was in stock at Kroger or you know like it could be little it doesn't have to be like I'm thankful for weather and family and friends and food goodbye like it doesn't have to be a preschool prayer Mm -hmm. but little things big things meaningful things just like rehearsing this is why God is good to me um have been really good so all that to say um Rachel Kincaid on Instagram Mm -hmm. um I don't know how she's Rage Kincaid on Instagram. We'll link her um, in the show notes. Okay, great. Um, I found out about her through Jess Connolly, mm-hmm. who I know a lot of people know and love. Yeah. Um, and she and Jess are like best friends, but Rach, her husband is a worship leader. They live in Charlotte and she's a nurse and she has four kids and like their family is like crazy and fun and whatever, but she started this hashtag called Get After Grateful. And she just all the time on Instagram is like, here's what our family is so grateful for. Like we just got the best meal at whatever, get after grateful, or we just got, and like, she lives her life in this very, it doesn't feel forced at all. Like she's genuinely a grateful person. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't even know her. Like, this is a great example of how social media could be a good tool. Cause we've never yeah. met, Yeah. but I watched her do it for so long. And then all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, I could do that. Yeah. Like, like I'm always, that's something I admire about her and I've never done it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily do it on social media, but I kind of, my journal has turned into like a get after grateful journal where I'm just like, these are the things that I am like so honestly thankful that God's put in my life. And I'm a way happier person. I started it in January and this year has been like, it's almost like when bad things happen because bad things have definitely happened this year with me already. I mean, life, that's life. But it, it hasn't shaken me as much as things used to because I have this foundation of, like, daily good. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all God's doing. So then when something not great happens, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. But look at all the great, too. Like, it just balances it out better. And it's less of a, like, woe is me. Everything is so bad. I'm going to be whiny mentality. It's just changed a lot. So shout out, Rach Kincaid. Maybe one day we can be real-life friends. I love, I love it. I love that <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
Jessica, thank you. This has been so fun. I'm so happy that the girls have gotten to meet you and we'll have all of your info in the show notes for how they can follow along with you. But seriously, thank you for being here. And I thank love you it. for being my friend. It was so much fun. I'm so, so excited. I've told you I've loved your podcast for a long time. So I'm just really, I'm grateful I got to be on it. It'll be my journal in the morning. Yes. Oh, <laughs> thanks, friend. You guys, isn't Jessica amazing? I am so glad y'all got to meet her. Don't forget that you can always find the links from the show as well as all of Jessica's contact info over on our show notes. Just go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at our girls' nights. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You'll never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and just take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really help us out so much. So many of you have left such sweet comments already, and I wanted to just take a quick second to read you two of my favorites. The first one is from Lisa Michelle, and she says, I travel a lot for work, which sometimes means I'm away from my own women's life group back at home. Whenever I'm on the road and in need of some fun encouragement, I turn on this podcast and I immediately feel comforted. It's like a little traveling life group right in my pocket. I love that. That is exactly what my heart is for this space. Seriously, Lisa Michelle, you totally made my day. I wanted to read just one more because this one immediately made me burst into tears. It's from Yua, and she says, I think Stephanie has a special anointing on her life to speak into the lives of women. In the hardest season of my life, this podcast has been a source of encouragement, learning, restoration, fun, truth, grace, and most of all, Jesus. I love it so much. If you want to grow as a woman, definitely start listening. Like right now. Okay, yes, I'm totally crying. Friends, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and for leaving these amazing reviews. They really mean so much to me. They've been so, so encouraging for my heart, um, and they really have helped our podcast out so much. So now that I'm all teary over here, I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye for now. So thank you guys so much again for listening to our girls' night, and I'll see you again next week.